Hi, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the show, Into the Mind. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. I'm a parkour athlete turned real estate investor who spent the last eight years studying the mindset of elite performers and applying their lessons to my life. In my pursuit for success, I've actually sought out wisdom from those who are doing exactly what it is I wish to do in different areas of my life, and I've asked that they share their wins and their losses with me. From that pursuit, this podcast was born. I wanted to share that valuable information that I was receiving from these successful entrepreneurs, these investors, world-class athletes. I wanted to share it with everybody. So you guys are my tribe. Thank you so much for tuning in. I do this show for free, and my guests give their precious, valuable time to me and my audience. So I do ask for one thing in return. The price of admission to the show is not money, but instead it's that if you receive any value... If you learn something new, if you have a brand new thought or an idea that helps you progress and move forward in your life or your business, I ask that you share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, people on the streets, your audience on social media. My goal is to influence 1 million people to invest in themselves and unlock their own potential. Today, my guest, Rochelle Jarvis is one of the number one transaction coordinators in the real estate investment game. I want you to listen to her and listen all the way through until the end because she drops gems throughout this entire episode and really shows that anybody is capable of doing anything as long as they make up their mind to keep moving forward. On that note, let's get today's episode started. So how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind. Today, my guest is none other than Rochelle Jarvis, and I do need to say such a big, big thank you to you, Rochelle, because you're the reason that I was able to close on my first real estate deal, and you're like you're my transaction coordinator for that. So you walked me through the entire process with all the paperwork. You walked my seller through it, and you allowed me to be on the phone with you all while you while you locked that up. And I was just, my jaw was on the floor with how smooth you were, with how accommodating you were. The seller understood everything so perfectly. And I just, I was amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, she's, she's amazing. I need like a million of her and we need to go out and do some more deals. You have this sweet, bubbly personality. And from the opening of escrow to the close of escrow, I didn't have anything to worry about which I've heard from other new investors, the horror stories with their first deal. I had a smile on my face the entire time because I had you. So thank you for that so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So for people that don't know, you do work alongside with Pace Morby. You're his transaction coordinator. That's actually how you and I met. But you know, today I wanna take some time to get to know you a little bit better and to find out more about what you're doing, what you have been doing before real estate and what you have plans for the future. So, you know, I wanna get started with, before you stepped into the world of real estate, where were you and what were you doing? Well, that's a great question because obviously there's a little bit of a story before I got where I was. So I am a mother of five um, and I have been a single mother before. So, and the reason why I mentioned those things is because they are part of the reasons why I've chosen my career and they are um, pieces of my history that make me who I am. So I started off initially 
uh, just in the banking field working finance. So I am the type of woman that loves to work. I've always loved to work. Um, I love school. There's a big nerd inside of me that I'm very proud about. So I'm always the person that's just like, I want to learn. I'm always very observant. Um, part of that comes from my culture, but part of that just comes like something inside of me. So I started off in the banking industry um, and I had to take breaks like most women do when you're having, I have five kids in between. And so soon enough, I had to be in this scenario where I had to provide for my family and I went uh, full throttle into the banking world. Um, as I went there, I did like the whole retail side and then I moved over to business banking and that's where I really started to fall in love. And I started to have clients that were in real estate, accounting, things of that sort. I would have a girl that would walk into the, to the bank and deposit these checks and she'd always have her kids with her and I'd always be like, man, it's like a dream, you know, like I want to be able to do that because I felt like I was missing out on moments. And um, that's my first inclination of, oh, I wonder what that real estate world is all about. So in between having my um, fourth uh, boy that I had, um, I had someone that said, hey, we just need an admin assistant in our real estate office. And I thought, perfect, just a few hours. I can get out of the house. I love to work and I can learn something new. Soon enough, I was um, doing his deals for him. I was closing his deals. I was having people come to me saying, hey, I want to work with you. And then someone had mentioned in the office, like, why are you not making money on these deals? You know, I was getting paid an admin assistant. And so I think that's what kind of started my entry into real estate, you know, as far as being a mom, taking breaks and kind of my path that led me um, to real estate. And then after that, I got my license. Um, and I was able to be a part of a lot of different really successful teams. And I found myself being a listing agent. I love to go in and close deals. That's actually something that I really love doing. So getting on the phone with you and your seller or with all the mentee student sellers is something that I really enjoy doing because it's a little piece of me where I'm like, ah, I still got it just a little bit. I still got it. Just <laughs> I, you know, I knew it. I like in my mind, I was like, she has to be a closer. Like she there is no way she just sits in the background and does the paperwork. The way you're able to talk to people, the way you instantly connect and build rapport, and just the way you're able to take complicated topics and just mesh it down and just make it so smooth like butter. I was like, she, she's, you're a shark. She's a shark. Like, it's great. I love it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So that's really cool, though. You know, like, because I do see that you do have the five kids, you know, the four boys, and then you have a new youngster there with yes. you. Yes. Yeah, oh, my daughter, adorable. so much fun, so much fun. She's the boss. She's the boss. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You know, so with that though, that's a full time job in and of itself. I mean, one kid is a full time job. Yes. Five. That's yes. insane. So you know, I was actually going to ask this question a little bit later, but it came up now. How did you juggle really being able to have energy for your career, have energy for building in a new space? as well as take care of the family? Like what did that balance or dynamic look like? Well, that's a great question and something that I would really love to talk about because I was actually on the phone um, with one of the attorneys and we were talking about women in the workforce. Mm 
Um, and part of that is everybody talks about the work-life balance and there is no such thing. Um, to me, <laughs> to me, you do your best every single day. So I do weekly check-ins with myself. Um, I know for me being a wife and a mother and also having a, a career that I have to take care of myself in order for that to bleed into other areas of my life. And so that work-life balance starts with me. And then also realizing and prioritizing things, you know, there are some things that I have to miss with my kids um, due to work, but there are some things that I um, will not miss. And luckily, I have an amazing mentor, Pace and Cody, that really value me as a person, and they um, support me in being a mother. And so that combination, I wish I would have found earlier in my career. Um, I didn't have that until now. And now I feel like it's allowed me to be extremely grateful for the environment that I'm in. But like I said, it's just a practice that you do every single day. You prioritize, you give yourself a lot of grace lots and lots of grace because we're all imperfect human beings going about it every day. So um, that's kind of what I do to kind of keep myself sane and keep going, I guess. See, what I like about that is the fact that first off, two things you really said that like struck a chord. First off, you said the work-life balance is garbage. And I have to totally agree because recently, I don't know who I picked it up from, but the word work-life or the term work-life integration has been a little bit more meaningful because right. I recognized there wasn't really a balance because in trying to find the balance, you were just dropping the ball on both sides. So instead it's like, all right, how do we mix these two together so that they continue to thrive and move forward? So I like that you said with your kids, like you recognized, okay, I have to prioritize. And that means I will be missing certain aspects. However, I'll be able to show up for the more important aspects. And I think a lot of people get it confused. They think when they're trying to be there for the family or trying to be there for the kids or trying to be there for a relationship, it means showing up for every last detail. And that's not the case. It's mm -hmm. more so being there when it matters and mm -hmm. letting the other person know that when you are there, you're fully there. Absolutely. And you're present. And I think that's a good model to try to set for your kids too, because especially now having a daughter, um, she says things all the time, like, just like mommy. And that's a very common phrase that a lot of parents hear, but it really resonates with me because she does everything that I do. So I want my kids to know that, yes, you can work. Yes, women can work outside of the home. Yes, you can um, support your wife if she works. And yes, you can do a little bit of everything imperfectly, but you can do it, you know? So I feel like it's important to kind of model that, or at least that's what I'm trying to model at least. <laughs> yeah, that's spot on. So yeah. this one I have to ask just because you have four boys, yes. four boys, and you were raising them very early on as a single mother. Yes. What the heck was that like? Because I work with, I don't know if you know my history. I've worked with kids for the last eight or so years, and right. I've worked with over a thousand kids. I absolutely love kids. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts is when they you know, tire me out and they wear me out, I get to push them back. I get to be like, all right, cool, I'm done. So like, and I send I them back to you. Like I send them back to the moms and the dads. And so like, what was that like having four of them running around with that energy? You know, I like, Oh my gosh, that's good birth control, right, Marlon? <laughs> oh my God. I always tell people, if you need birth control, come here, watch my kids. You know what? It was a ride. It was a ride. Um, I grew up a tomboy. Um, so I grew up um, in my mom's family. It's just me and my sister and all boys. So I was always running around without like my t-shirt and, you know, and playing army and things like that. So I think 
um, you know, God knew my scenario and what was going to be happening. So having boys in my life was really a blessing. Was it absolutely crazy? Absolutely crazy. People would call me all the time. I was either cleaning the bathroom. I won't go into detail there, but I was cleaning the bathroom or I was doing laundry all the time. So um, we were in sports. I don't know if you know, but my boys love to skate. So we love seeing that. They're good. They're real. They are. They're really good. They like it. And so we're actually off topic a little bit, starting a little skating merch brand, things like that, that we can do together, which will be awesome. But it it was absolutely crazy. When I look back at that part of my life, I'm like, I don't know how I did it, but I think when we're put in scenarios that we're not expecting, we just do it and uh, we rise to the occasion. And so, um, but it was absolutely nuts and chaos. And so luckily I have a supportive family that lives close by me and definitely couldn't have made it through without them. Um, but it was definitely crazy. Definitely nuts. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, I can imagine. And honestly, like I have been watching, I was on your Instagram a bit and I was like, wow, they're good at skateboarding. I used to skateboard. So I was like, wow, this is not just a side hobby. Like they, they've got something there. Yeah. They love it. They really love it. So let me ask you now, what is it that you currently do full time? So is it the um, the transaction coordinator? Are there other things going on? I mean, you just dropped that there might be a little family brand coming out. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's, I'm always busy. I'm always doing 101 things all the time. So, but um, right now, currently in my role, I am Pace Morby and Cody Barton's transaction coordinator. So um, I do that, like you talked about earlier, just making sure those deals close on time. In addition to that, obviously, you know, I've stepped into the sub two membership as far as really helping the students, doing things like that. Um, a neat thing that's coming up that I guess I could share, I haven't really said anything, is that we are going to, um, and I'm very grateful that my boss Pace and Cody have given me these opportunities, but we are going to be branding the transaction business nationally. And so (laughs) I am super, super excited. Um, 2019 was a big year for me to do a lot of work on myself and to really change my environment personally and at work and everything is coming to fruition. I really, really have a love for people and this is going to give me the opportunity to really dive into finding what I can help people grow to be the best that they can be while they're at work. And I don't believe we're dealing with humans here. You know, that saying where they say you walk into work and you leave everything at the door. That really doesn't happen. People experience life. And so I really want to develop and work with people. So I have my job with Pace. I have that going on. Like I said, we're a skate family. Um, I have a 17 year old that's decided to go to online school and he's interested in starting his own business. So I look at this as a way to be involved with my boys. Um, so we are going to be starting a skate merch brand and real estate has been my vehicle to be able to have different opportunities. So, um, that's what we're doing right now. And I'm super, (laughs) I'm super excited about it. So it'll be a lot of fun. That is so cool. I'm so happy to hear that because you are somebody that has such a growth mindset to know that you came from banking, that you're channeling through real estate that now you're growing the family to families watching you like not only is your daughter watching you but your boys are saying like oh yeah like you're encouraging that growth like we're right. gonna start a business that's yeah so rad I like I absolutely love that <laughs> yeah we're super excited about it so and you know like I did want to announce because I know Pace had dropped that like a bit of a bombshell in the uh in the sub two mentorship so I wasn't sure if it was like becoming a little bit more known yet like okay 
Like, yeah. so I'm excited that you'll be in a position where you'll be able to teach and people will be able to learn from you because you have a lot to teach. I mean, seriously, when you walked me through that first transaction, mm-hmm. it all clicked. You demystified the entire process for me and you took away a lot of hesitation and a lot of anxiety that I had around that portion of actually closing the deal. You know, being able to talk to the seller and tell them, hey, I can do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I just know it can be done, but I have no clue how to do it. And then you're like, oh, no, we got that. We got that. Don't worry. <laughs> and you just made it so easy. And I was like, oh, thank you. And the craziest part is after what you did with me, I was I had people reach out to me and start calling me like, hey, like, can you can you explain the contract to me? And I was like, yeah, actually, I can now because Rochelle explained it to me and it makes so much sense. And as I'm reading through it, I'm like, oh, my God, I can read contracts. <gasps> it felt like you gave me a superpower. So thank oh, you. And, you know, people will benefit from that. People will benefit, especially from the way you teach it, because other people do attempt to break it down and they don't do it the same way you do it because they don't have the same communication skills that you have. So I'm super excited to know that you will be out there teaching. Yeah, we're super excited about it. I appreciate you saying that because that's exactly what I want to do is I really want me and Pace are trying to think of a name. So I, I'm called a TC, but it's more of like a consultative piece, but we can't we can't figure out what the name is. But that's what we want to do is to encourage people to, hey, if you, like I said, if you want to do business with me in the future, let's do it. But if you want to be able to operate on your own and know how to do that, that's my job. That's my job to make sure that you understand the principles, <clears throat> excuse me, how to use it, because these creative deals are all so different. I think that's one thing that where the misconception comes in. People say, hey, Michelle, send me a template send me a purchase contract and that way I can just figure it out. But you know, there's so many moving pieces. It's very complex. And so it's really understanding how you can use that purchase contract as one, um, you know, it's a legal binding contract and two, really protecting yourself as an investor. So using all the different elements of, you know, whatever's written in the contract. So I'm glad that you feel like you are confident in the contract. That makes me happy. Absolutely. And I'm confident enough to know that I don't want to do that job myself at all. Like you seriously taught me. I was like, oh my God, I need, I think I texted Tino immediately after or Nick, like I need a Rochelle. Like I need to have a Rochelle. Like I'm so grateful that I understand it now. And I'm like, she's either going to, you know, help me out for the rest of my life, or she's going to teach the person that's going to help me out for the rest of my life. But I know that that's a position. So if anyone's questioning it, I would absolutely tell you, reach out to Rochelle or find somebody that is like a Rochelle. And, you know, that's a job that it's so much better that I'm able to get back to the things that I'm good at. And I can continue to work my superpower and my skill because I know that you have your superpower that you've refined, that you've gotten good at, that you've turned into such a masterful art. And you're perfecting it. You do it so well that I don't have to, I didn't think twice about the transaction after it was in your hands. I was just like, it was as good as closed. And I was like, wow, it was awesome. (laughs) Well, good. I think that's smart what you said, identifying your superpower. Because I think a lot of times, sometimes we want to be good at everything and it's just not reasonable. You know, it's like Pace will tell me all the time, the guys on my team will tell me all the time, uh, like Tino and things like that. They don't want to deal with that stuff and they don't need to. They know what they're good at. They, you know, they focus on their superpowers that they have. And I think that's something that everybody that's listening to this understand that that's where you can be a lot more successful, right? When you know and you can bank on those superpowers. So I think that's awesome. Absolutely. So one thing I think is really powerful about this show and what I do is when I bring guests on, 
you know, I always love for you to share what's working, what's helping you grow and where you're winning. But I know that most of the time we learn how to do the right thing by having done the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So have you come across any, uh, I guess I would call them big challenges, setbacks or failures that have created the paradigm shift or the momentum to help you move forward? Have you encountered along your journey? Like were there some major challenges that you think back on and you're like, yeah, after that moment, you know, going through that, that changed either the way I do things, the way I think, and ultimately I am who I am now because of having been through it. Right. So I'm a firm believer in belief systems. Um, I feel like our belief system, belief systems um, trickle into everything um, and especially the way that I can perform. So like I said earlier, as far as taking care of myself. So 2019 was that year for me. It was the year where I really had to do a lot of refinement in order uh, of taking care of myself in order to be the best me in every area and to be intentful with the time and the energy and the people that I'm around with. So that I took a very long, deep look into why my environment was the way that it was. And as we grow older, we know that the accountability is we got to look in the mirror, right? It starts right here. And so, and that was doing that work, you know, and I noticed as soon as I started doing that work, things just started to change. Um, and unfortunately it's not all positive. I mean, I had a lot of people that, you know, walked out of my life that were not happy, were not supportive. And a lot, a lot of people that, you know, don't understand what I'm doing now. And that's just part of change. And I think in order to make those changes, you got to look within yourself. And like I said, once you start to develop those habits, then you can be more intentful. And of course, in my job, um, the way that I've learned things is by making mistakes. And I think that we all need to be a little bit more vocal about that because one thing that has been resonating with me might be a little off topic is every time something happens with the students or somebody that I'm helping, they take it very personal. Um, they, what did I do wrong? What's going on? And it's part of that developmental stage, right? As far as we're trying to change things in our lives. And it's really understanding um, kind of like the work that needs to be done and, and how, I don't, I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm so long-winded, but do you, do you catch what I'm saying as far as like, that work helps us to be more intentful and it, it will bleed into what we're doing um, in the job, you know? And so I, I see those two things are very married and go together and can help you operate at a higher level of success. So I definitely feel like when those students come to me and say, what did I do wrong? I made those mistakes. I didn't know this. I mean, I did know some things because my, my boss and my team is amazing. I've shared things, but I had to make those mistakes in order to um, to learn those things. So I would say it had a lot to do with personal stuff and would have a lot to do with saying, hey, I don't know that answer or, hey, I did that wrong. I made a mistake, giving myself some grace and then learning and getting through that process a little bit easier because I feel like sometimes we can be our worst critics. Sometimes we can be super hard on ourselves when my team, I love my team because they'll be like, no problem. Like, let's just, what do we got to do to fix it? And I'm sitting here worried about it. And they're just like, and like, okay, just fix it, you know? And so it's been an awesome, you know, environment. But also, like I said, those are kind of the things that I've done as far as challenges. I absolutely love that answer because, and you're going to find out, I say I absolutely love things because I truly do. Because you touched <laughs> on two major things that I want to like really highlight. The first thing you touched on, and I want to highlight it because 
this is something that resonates, especially with a lot of the people in my network and my crowd, because I still come from having a network of younger listeners, as well as the older listeners, but mostly I have a lot of younger listeners coming in as well. And you said how you're moving from like one friend group or one social group or one network of people into this next network of people, right? As you're growing. And that's something I think people understand, okay, that's going to happen. They can understand it conceptually. Like I'm going to move from hanging out with this group to that group, but something no one ever really talks about is that in between space when you're traveling from group to group and that first time you're transitioning, you're pretty much out there alone. At that point during the transitionary phase, you are on your own. It is on you. You're going to figure out what you're made of and you're going to be turning into this new thing. And that's the part that gets lonely. That's the part where a lot of people get scared. They turn back and they run back to the circle they just came from because that's what they know. It's comfortable there. But you've got to keep going. Like, Rochelle, Mm -hmm. you're living proof that if you keep going, you find something better on the other side. So that's why I really want to highlight it because you're here as a living testimony of, no, you, you keep pushing, you keep making it there. And then you get to have an awesome team where you're a new team. Now you're saying, Hey, I'm making mistakes here. And I'm able to communicate that with them. And rather than them belittling me and making Mm -hmm. me feel bad about it and making me want to hide my mistakes, they're helping me figure out the solution. They're pooling their mind together with a positive energy and a positive attitude. And we're saying, all right, great. How are we going to figure this one out? Awesome. Because that's how you learn new things. That's how you grow. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Oh, you're getting me excited. You're getting me all hyped up right now. Yeah, I love it. I mean, to be honest with you, I live and breathe this stuff. I was raised by my mom as a transpersonal psychologist. And so now I'm realizing my mom's not crazy. And she was so (laughs) on her time because you know how it is being kids. That transition thing that you're talking about, I did in my 30s, guys. Um, Doing it at a younger age is hard. It's so hard. They have all the other things that I didn't have, like social media and things like that. But I, you know, I hope that they have faith and they can push through because once they get over that peak, it is just so beautiful. And I hope that they, I was raised a lot in culture. And one thing that I was always taught is to respect your elders. You always sit and you listen. So I hope people can kind of just believe us a little bit, keep pushing forward. Um, Cause we want everybody to have that success for sure. Absolutely. And you know, it's like, that's why, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already in the right place. You're already way ahead of yeah. the crowd. The fact that you would listen to this sort of information shows that you want more and you are wise enough to seek it outside of yourself. You're wise enough to go out into the world and figure out who may have done what it is you want to be doing. That's why I bring the guest on that I bring on. That's why Michelle, that's why you're on the show. I want to bring people (laughs) like yourself who you've done more. Like there are things that I haven't done in my life that you have, and I can learn from you. So as you're speaking, I'm taking notes and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is so cool. You know? So can I share one thing with you real quick, Marlon? Absolutely. Okay. Since you told me your audience is younger, I would I don't know how you get feedback on these things. Technology is my one thing that I'm (laughs) good at and that I'm really, really learning. Uh, But I just wanted to mention, um, I have a love for like, um, I've always been dealing with inner city youth. And so I've, one of the things that I've wanted to start is actually going into high schools and I want to get your feedback on this and really teaching them principles that I feel like they're just not learning. Like when you graduate from high school, you don't know anything about wealth. You don't know anything about credit. You don't know anything about, um, credit cards as school loans. And so I, 
I started a TikTok channel, which is don't follow me yet, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is what I want to do. Do you feel, oh, what are your thoughts about that? So I want to go into the graduating class and I want to eventually petition the education board to get this as a credit, uh, a class that they can get credit on, on real life, like getting them equipped for what do I do to build wealth? Is college the best route for me? Should I build my business? What, what can I find out about myself so I can set myself up for success? Rochelle, so. you, I don't know if you meant to ask me that question because no. that is like my everything. That's why I'm working on what I'm working on. That's what drives me. It's all the kids I work with recognizing. Let me, before I answer your question, let me give you a quick backstory. Okay. Right? Before I stepped into real estate, I worked as a parkour coach. I absolutely loved my job teaching kids parkour, hanging out with them, getting to connect with them, connect with the families. And over time, I became something like a mentor to a lot of my students. I didn't realize it was happening. It just happened very naturally and organically. So when I would sit and talk with them and ask, hey, what do you want to be when you get older? The answer I would get a lot of the time was I want to be a parkour coach. And that one, it felt nice, but then it also broke my heart because I'm like, wow, if being a parkour coach is as high as you can aim, and that's because you're watching me, I'm letting you down. I'm absolutely letting you down because although I love my job and that's what you're seeing, you're seeing the happiness come from me. Right. There's this isn't supporting me financially. So at some point I'm going to have to make a really hard decision of, do I continue to work passion or do I go and work for finance? And then I was asking myself, well, why the hell are the two on different sides? Why can't they be together? And why can't we just work both? So yeah. I needed to go figure that out. I needed to go discover that. And lo and behold, I find real estate, a place where I could create win-win situations. I could find community. I could talk to awesome people like you. So I have both and I'm growing through it. So now all of this is to eventually come back and teach those behind us. Because what I found, and a lot of people didn't find this because they didn't take the time to really connect with the kids is the kids are interested in this stuff. If the person teaching it to them is interested in it. And if the person teaching it to them is interested in their life, and that's the secret. Yeah. If we're able to get interested in what they're interested into, mm -hmm. and then we ultimately just say, Hey, you know, that cool thing you want to do, here's how you can do it. You can use this vehicle because it's only a vehicle. That's all real estate is. It's just a vehicle. Exactly. You can use this vehicle to get you there. So I think you're, um, what you want to do, that mission there, where you would go into the high schools, you would work with the kids, teach them, expose them to it. Yes. I think that is so beyond crucial because it's not happening. Mm -hmm. I went to a public high school and I went to a private school. And what I found was in the private school, when I would go to my friend's houses, they would have different conversations. So they had an awareness. There was a baseline awareness somewhere there for them to pull mm -hmm. on. My yep. public school friends didn't necessarily have that. Mm -hmm. And when people say, well, why don't this teachers teach it at school? Because they themselves don't know it. So there's no one there giving them the exposure because if they saw that it was possible, then they would get curious and they would start doing it themselves as well. Exactly. So I absolutely think you should tap into it. I think you should do it. The TikTok is where they're hanging out. So that's where the right. audience is. So right. I think it would be perfect to go on there and because they watch, they do pay attention yeah. and they listen. They absolutely. truly do. And that's funny because I, I know we both believe in, you know, um, setting the energy out and those um, vibes and things like that. So the fact that we connect on that, I just had a, a sub two student 
that um, I get into these conversations where I really want to learn about the person. And they say, you know, what, Rochelle, my deep down desire is to teach inner city youth. And I'm like, so you're like the third person that I've had that conversation with. And to me, that's the way a universe tells me, okay, you're on the right track. You know what I mean? Yeah, keep going, you know, and then we can connect. You know, we can connect in New York and Arizona and Colorado and all these different things and pull in more people because it's definitely more than a one person job or one person mission. And um, it gets me super excited. So we could talk about this for hours. So after this, we can, we can chat I about love it. So now for the listeners that don't know, I got to, and for you to learn about this as well, I got to do a quick plug, which is I work with a nonprofit as well. So I have my for-profit business and then I have my nonprofit side, which is called Sherlock's Homes. And that nonprofit foundation is all about changing the conversation around youth homelessness. And really what happens, especially in the LGBT community, a lot of these kids get kicked out of their homes when they come out of the closet. So at a very young age, we're talking 15, 16 years old, we get kids out on the streets who have to unfortunately turn to drugs and alcohol and other things to support themselves and take care of themselves and to cope and deal with. So what we want to do is get them off the streets, get them yeah. into a home, get them into a program within the home. It's a three-year program that really works on teaching them about their personal finance, about entrepreneurship, and about teaching them about themselves, teaching them how to and create coping mechanisms to deal with the stresses of life. We're not going to lie to them and tell them that life is stress-free. We're going to teach them how to become strong enough so that when those challenges appear, they have the tools ready to deal with it. And a big part of that is knowing how to take care of your mind, knowing how to take care of your finances. Right. So we want to, like, I see our missions as just so entangled yeah. here. So I'm super happy that you brought that up. Yeah, good. Yeah, we'll have another conversation about that. Well, Blaine, <laughs> it could take absolutely. us for hours, but I absolutely, yeah. I've been helping the youth since I was a youth um, with our nonprofits. And so it's just, um, yeah, it's just a love of mine. So I'm super excited that we connected on that. That's so cool. That is so cool. That's the universe at work. So yeah. let's bring it back a little bit to um, the realm of real estate. So I actually do want to ask you, do you invest in real estate yourself? I mean, you're doing all these transactions. You're talking to people. You're clearly a closer. You know, mm -hmm. are you out there also building like a little secret empire? Yes, actually, I just started that. So um, I always tell Pace he flies and he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, yes, you do. So keeping up with him and, and the team has been such an amazing ride. But I just started doing that. Um, I actually was just talking to Cody about um, obtaining like an Airbnb in Vegas. Um, I have my own sub two call. I'm looking for my own sub two home right now in my dream neighborhood. So there's definitely things that I'm doing that are in the works. Um, I've basically been trying to keep my head above water. So it's been a little bit hard, but it's needed to happen the way that it is. But absolutely, I've invested back in the short sell I'm going to say my age is coming out, but back in the short sell days and, um, and got burned like a lot of people did. So I did start back then and obviously had to recover. Um, and it took me a little bit longer. Cause like I said, I'm always, you know, at that time in between jobs and was having kids, but absolutely. So, um, being in the sub two world has opened up so many areas of, cause we know we can buy homes without without money. You know, there's, if anybody could be an investor, if you have the right mentor teachers to teach you how to do that. So for me to not take advantage of that would be a shame. So I'm absolutely getting into you know, the Airbnb world, which I'm learning a lot, taking my own sub two, and then I'm looking for other properties here. So absolutely. I love it. I, I knew I had a good hunch that I was like, there's no <laughs> way she could be around that. 
and not yeah. be oh, yeah. working on building her own empire because I do believe proximity is power, right? Oh. So who you're around, what you're around, it begins to seeps in, whether it's good, negative, positive, bad, it doesn't matter if you're around it, it's going to get in. So working with your team there with American Home Offers, with Pace, with Cody, with Anna, Nick and Tino and the crew, what's that like? What has it done for you? I know you said like when you come to them with problems, they work on solutions, but have you also noticed anything else from being in that environment with them? Something maybe that even the, uh, the sub two students aren't able to pick up via Zoom? Like, is there something to be said about being with people in person? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's hard to get away from this piece, but there's definitely energy that we have on our team. Um, I was talking with Cody a couple of uh, weeks ago and we were talking about what a good fit we all are for each other. Um, and so I feel like being able to be around them in person is such a blessing and such a something that I'm very grateful for. So one thing that I know about my team is everybody is on the same page of everybody succeeding. Our energy is really good. Hopefully when you come and hang out with our team, you feel better when you leave and everybody is, is there to help each other out. It's a very well oiled machine. And I feel very fortunate that we have the people, which says a lot about Pace and Cody of the people that they've picked to bring in. And it's funny because we've had some people, unfortunately that have left our team, but it's funny is when you have a lot of the same people with the same mindset, other people kind of funnel their ways out because there's something different about it. So we don't really need to address it or to necessarily get rid of people. They funnel their way out because I would say the foundational piece of all of us, like Anna, me, Pace, um, even Laura, his wife, um, you know, Tina, all of them, we're all kind of in that same mindset. So um, I definitely think I'm very lucky and I have an advantage of, you know, grooving off of their energy all the time. I'm not in the office all the time, but I do speak with them every day. So I think that'd be one thing that a lot of people don't see is come hang out with our team so you can see what it's like. We're not painting a picture. We're not saying, oh, we really all get along. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. Especially some of us women, you know, the guys have to deal with us sometimes, but we can get a little emotional. But I would love for people to come and visit us to see kind of what's that like, because I want people to have that type of team quicker than I did. I wish I wasn't in my 40s, like, you know, so I think that's one thing that's awesome that people don't see via Zoom is um, how much we all love working together. I love that because that's one of the things actually Pace asked me to speak about it the other night in one of the calls, which yeah. was what was that thing I took away when I came to Arizona, when I came out to the office to hang out and see. And right. besides actually see the business run, it was the nuance. It was the unspoken energy that was there, the Nerf guns hanging out in the office, yeah. the good like vibes, a- the jokes being cracked. I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, you guys are parkour people. You guys are totally parkour yeah. people doing real estate because <laughs> it was the same culture. It was the same vibe. It was, yeah. hey, these are my best friends. I'm going to work with my best friends. Yeah. And how could it not work? When the yeah. energy is that good and the chemistry is that good, mm-hmm. yeah, things are just gonna start kind of happening and flowing in. And then if you actually have a system to capture it and to turn it yeah you're going to be it's going to be successful every time and that's been something i've been trying to take home to new york and implement while i'm still here in new york for the time being i'm trying to implement that with the new york people with hey guys we need to physically be meeting up as often as we can and then when we're not together you know we do every morning at 6 a.m we actually all wake up and we do sales training calls together and oh my like, gosh, I love that. It's so much fun. It is like 
it's unbelievably fun. I cannot lie to you. It's one of my favorite parts of the day. And we're on there for about an hour or two each morning before the workday gets started, doing okay. calls, doing role playing, cracking jokes. And then mm -hmm. at night in the evenings, we do the same thing with like our strong leads. We follow up, we call them together. We're typing in the chat box. And then maybe an hour after that, we're just hanging out. We're kicking it. You know, yeah. we're multitasking. I was in the shower the other night. Like people come with me into the shower now because I'm like, guys, I got a shower, but like, I don't want to hang up on you. It's like, it's like being in high school again, when you're like, you don't want to hang up the phone on your friend. You just like want to be on the phone all day. It's, it's yeah. like that. But for me, it was carrying that cord underneath the door. <laughs> you didn't have any cell phones. And it was like, it was harder to fake. My dad always knew because that cord was dragged all the way through the. And that's when they pick up the line and they're listening into your conversation. Like, <laughs> and then I get quiet. They get quiet. And then I, I'm found. That's it. That's so funny. That's awesome. That's what you need is there's so much strength in community. There's and in your work environment, there's so much strength and it's so awesome to be able to find those people that have that same type of mindset and everything. I think it's, um, I just think it's amazing. I, and until you have it, until you know what it is, um, I don't think you can appreciate it as much, but when you have it, um, I always have bigger dreams to do more than transaction coordinating, but I told Cody and Pace, like, I'm not going anywhere because I appreciate it so much because I know what it's like not to have it. So I think, I think it's amazing that you guys are doing that. That's awesome. That's amazing. You know what? I'm not even going to start this conversation because it will go so deep, but I'm going to plant the seed because we need to have this conversation later, which is if you're able to pay a person emotionally, that's truly how you keep people. It's not the paycheck. The paycheck is so everyone's so focused on the paycheck. If you want to keep good people around and you want to build a culture, you need to figure out what it is that they feed off of emotionally and supply them with that. Give them as much of it as they need. Give them a feast of it because mm -hmm. that will keep people coming back. Because when I look at, you know, why do I work with my nonprofit? It's like, okay, well, because I'm being fed emotionally. That's why in the beginning I jumped in and was working hours that I didn't have. Like I was giving hours that I could have been using for every other aspect of my life, pouring it there because they touched on the heartstring. Right. And when I recognize that and I see it in other places, so they hear you say like, well, yeah, no, like I didn't want to necessarily be a TC. Um, you know, that's not the, the end goal, but I will stay here because I'm getting so much more. Yes. There's another form of value that you're getting, which is amazing. Amazing. And I think that goes into like the mentorship piece too of any type of mentor or leader that you are. There's like two things. We're all human. We need to be seen and we all want to be appreciated foundationally that's just everybody and if you can incorporate that um i have a a big interest in organizational like therapy things like that and i feel like the best mentors and leaders are people that can really dive into getting to know their employees when you put your employees first your business just succeeds it just does you know and so you're right we could talk about that for hours but <laughs> i agree i agree that's so awesome so i have about two more things i want to bring up with you before i let you go and, you know, this next part is really something that I noticed very early on with you. And this is what I think made me resonate with you so quickly and so early on um, with when Pace started the mentorship, right? He told the students, you guys can have access to Rochelle. Like, I'll allow you to reach out to her and have her be your transaction coordinator. And mm -hmm. you had some students that reached out to you. I'm going to tell your story so you don't have to. You had some students <laughs> okay. that reached out to you. Some of them were good and then others 
were just treating you very rude. They were being very nasty. They were just in a position where it would make anybody say, you know what, to hell with all of this, not worth it, not worth my time. I didn't even sign up for this. And you could have very easily and justifiably walked away. However, you didn't. You got in front of it and you communicated what was going on, how you felt, and you communicated in a way of like, hey, something needs to change in order for me to continue to be a part of this. So when I reached out to you the first time, you know, you didn't just say, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. You let me know. You said, hey, just so you know, I've been burned by some people in the past and this is how I want to go forward. And you laid it out for me. And I was so, oh my God, I appreciated that so much. I was like, oh. First off, a communicator, like she's communicating. I love it. And you're just like, yeah, like, look, I've been burned, but I'm not going to let that judge every other human on earth. I'm going right. to take each person case by case, but I do need to let you know what has happened and how I would want to proceed going forward. So right. where did you develop that? Because that's not a skill a lot of people have. A lot of people just go the opposite route. They burn the bridge and they never come back. And what, later when they do try and cross back, they realize oh my God, we burned the bridge. Right, right. Well, I think it's a lot of different things. We talked about the work. Um, you know, I think growing into my age has really helped a lot, but it's always having that understanding that people treat you the way that they feel about themselves. And so I try to always, and I am imperfect, but I try to always look at people compassionately and think, okay, not very nice the way that you're talking to me. I really don't feel appreciated. So I throw in my boundaries and people that respect my boundaries are people that I want to be in business with. So I think that's the two things is realizing they're not treating me very well, has nothing to do with me, everything to do with them. And then the second thing is just putting up my boundaries and feeling comfortable with my boundaries. I know what I'm worth. I know what I can do. I know what I'm going to perform with. So if you can't, you know, abide by those boundaries, then that's perfectly fine. No hard feelings. But I think it's just always having that understanding. And this goes into just life in general, right? We have people that treat us like that, but I'm not going to allow anybody to affect my opportunity. I have a boss that supports me 100% and I know he has my back. And so, and I know he trusts me to be able to put in those boundaries and will support me on that. So I think it's those two things. And I've learned that a lot through life and business and just implementing that and realizing you know, I'm not going to stop because somebody treated me a certain way because they feel some way about themselves and just keep pushing through. And so, and, you know, having a good attitude about it. So I think that's kind of what I've implemented over time, at least by learning. <laughs> I like that a lot. Like having boundaries is super important because yeah. it's a self-respect thing at that point. Yeah. You know, like, and that's something I think a lot of people that have, uh, you know, a personality trait like yours and a personality trait like mine, where we're compassionate. You know, mm -hmm. we do care about how the other person feels. We always look to make sure that the other person is comfortable, which is right. good. However, we can't do so at the expense of our own well-being. Because then it's not a sustainable model. And we actually end up failing the larger picture. We can't help as many people because mm -hmm. we get broken. So we mm -hmm. need to make sure that we protect ourselves so we can work on the people and work with the people that we're meant to. Absolutely. And that's through learning in life, right? People like us that lead compassionately. Sometimes people think, you know, oh, we could take advantage or, or we can say that. But as we learn and we grow, we get sick and tired of being that doormat. Sometimes we're thinking, okay, boundaries are a positive thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's actually pretty toxic when someone doesn't appreciate your boundaries. Boundaries are positive things as you respect mine, I'll respect yours, you know, and we make that work and we can work together. So um, yeah, I think that's an important point. 
That's an amazing thing. So I have my final two questions for you. By the way, you've been an awesome guest. So I really do appreciate having you here. And I have my final two questions. I ask everybody these questions. um, So I'm excited to hear your answers. The first question, it has to do with something that's important to me, reading. You know, have you found two books I like? You're like, what is he about to ask? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) With reading, right? Yeah. I'm sure you found books that have completely unlocked your mind for you. You know, the show is into the mind. It's all about the mindset. I think listening to you, everyone can see that you have a powerful mindset. You are in control of the way you think, the way you feel for the most part. Mm-hmm. So what books have you picked up in your life? It could be any genre, any sort of book, any topic. What two books have caused the most amount of change for you? Okay. The first one that comes into my mind is called um, The Untethered Soul. And I think the last, the last name is Singer. I can't remember his first name, but The Untethered Soul. So the reason why I love that book um, is because it teaches you about the bad stories that we've bought into our whole life. It teaches us about the ego. It teaches us about Um, our foundational belief system about us. And we have to get to the foundation to change anything. And like we said previously, it bleeds into everything. So that was such a game changer for me because the old stories that I bought into, sometimes I had to identify, like, is that me really thinking that? Or is that just something that I bought into that I need to change? And so that was a game changer for me. And I think the second one that I've read within the last year is called, I love Brene Brown. I absolutely love her. And it was dare to lead. Um, Like I said, I've always had a compassion for those, sorry, those that don't know me, I'm not necessarily an integrator. Like that's not my superpower. I've gotten good at it because I've owned my own businesses, but my deep down desire has been to really invest in people. This is why this opportunity for me is I'm so excited about, but daring to lead compassionately and really being able to work with, with people and to really to be a compassionate leader with boundaries, with organizing your environment and things like that to have people, like I said previously, succeed at their best level by taking care of the human themselves. That's your employee. So I I feel like if you're a leader, um, there's a lot of traditional books that we can read that are very great. I mean, I could, I could say probably 12 books right now um, that talk about processes and organization and all these different things that are very pivotal, pivotal, but we're dealing with humans. Everybody forgets about that. We're dealing with humans. You can give a personality test and it's a great way to understand, but you've got to understand how to lead the human being itself, you know? And so, sorry about that. (laughs) And so anyways, Daring to Lead by Renee Brown. So those are the two ones that I feel like I've been like, okay, I didn't think of those things, Untethered Soul, and those have been awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I love those books. First time I'm actually hearing about them. So I'm super excited. Yeah, like normally I get like, maybe one new book every second or third guest brand new books so i'm super excited i'm sure the guests are going to be or the listeners are going to be really happy to find something new to read sweet and this final question is my absolute (laughs) hands down favorite so if you woke up tomorrow and you had no memory of who you are are like you don't remember anything you don't remember any of the skills you built you don't remember the kids you don't remember the family you don't remember any of the work you've done on yourself or in your life 
none of the technical skills you've built, none of the books you've read, none of the relationships you have built. I mean, you are a blank slate. However, you are able to retain one bit of knowledge, one little piece of knowledge that it's just in there. When you wake up, it's that thought that's in there and you know it to be true without a shadow of a doubt. You don't second guess it. You don't ask yourself, why do I know this? You just, it's in there and you go with it. What would you want that one piece of wisdom to be? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to say the first thing that popped in my head and it was um, to remember where I came from of whose I am. Um, I believe in a higher power and that higher power is my foundation to life. Um, and it helps me get through everything. So I am of royal blood, right? I come from a higher power. And so that allows me to step into any room, to be in any type of scenario and not have anything else with me, but to know that that person is on my side. And so that has been my foundation since I was a little girl. And I always have to remind myself it's a practice every once in a while, because I don't necessarily feel that royal all the time, but that's where I came from and that's who I am. So if I know who I am, that's all I need. That's all I need to get through life. And then I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Why you gotta have such cool answers? Oh. <laughs> like that, that's so cool. <laughs> really, I do like that. I love that. And I like yeah. that you were able, that's a deep answer and it came up so quickly for you. So yeah. I love that it was, it's there. And um, I can feel it through you. I can definitely feel that you understand and you're connected to your higher self. You know, it's yeah. a, energetic thing that you just you feel it you know i don't know if there's any other way to explain it besides yeah it's definitely a practice every single day you know it's like when we're talking about energy and things like that people need to realize it's not something that you feel all the time it's a practice it's a choice every mm -hmm. single day you know and so i choose it every day i'm not good at it every single day but i definitely try every single day so. that right there's another topic you you either need a podcast or you just need to come back on to this podcast and we can dive even deeper into that oh, topic. I love that. Thank you. So kind. But Rochelle, I really, I do appreciate you coming on today. It has been an absolute pleasure being able to speak with you, being able to hear about what goes on behind the scenes of your mind to hear what your life looked like before real estate to see where it is you are now and the hair that you have plans that are going to continue to catapult you further and further ahead into the future that it's all positive growth. You're finding the right people. You are the right people. And I wish you all of the best going forward. And I will absolutely be there on your journey to support in any way that I possibly can. Well, I would love that. Thanks for having me. It's been honestly a great honor to be with you. So you're doing a great job. We're here supporting you and rooting you on. So proud of you, man. You're doing good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Awesome. And just for anyone that wants to know more about you, where can they find you, whether it's social media, like how can somebody get in contact with you? Um, so if you're not like in the, you know, obviously the sub two group and things like that, you can just, um, reach me on Instagram. That's probably the most, uh, one that I'm really active on. So it's just my name, the Rochelle Jarvis. Um, and so you can look me up there. We can chit chat. If there's anything that I could do to help out or give advice or anything in the world that I'm in, I'm happy to do that. So reach out to me on there. Awesome. And guys, that link is going to be in the bio below. So you'll be able to find her very easily. Go hit her up on Instagram. Check out the video. She uploads her son skateboarding, which I'm a <laughs> super fan of. I'm just like, oh my God, like his tray flips are so clean. Yeah. Uh, but guys, go check her out. And thank you so much again, Michelle, for coming on. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Marlon. 
Hey, I really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you were able to get some sort of value from it. If you found anything that was valuable, please go into the comments. Let us know what it was, what your key takeaway was. We look through the comments every day. We respond to all of them, and it lets us know what's working, what's resonating, and what we should talk more about. If you have found anything to be useful that you're able to apply to your life, go back and listen to it again because the second and third time you come around and listen to the information, what you find is the information doesn't change, but you change and new things are going to start to stand out to you. That's why we record these. That's why they're out there for you to come back to and listen. And finally, if you are finding value here. I need you. I need you to go out and share this with a friend. Send this to them. Let them know they need to listen. They need to take action and they need to change their life because if you want to grow, you're going to need your network to grow. You're going to need your inner circle to grow. Okay. So that's the best gift you can give somebody. Give them education that they can apply to their life and level themselves up. Keep learning and keep growing. I'll see you on the next episode.